Hello, this is Josh Belk with the Belk on Business Podcast. Thank you for taking a few moments to listen in. Uh, this past week, I had the opportunity to fly down to Jacksonville and uh, spoke at a uh, conference uh, for, uh, for a nonprofit and uh, uh, ended up talking a little bit about charitable giving strategies. And a lot of the uh, individuals in the room, there were, uh, there were some of the uh, individuals that were directly involved in the nonprofit, and it was a, a humanitarian and also a, um, it had kind of a, a lot of kind of pastors and missionaries in the room as well. And a lot of very high-earning business owners uh, had very successful businesses who really uh, were passionate about both the humanitarian and the outreach aspects of the of the nonprofit. Uh, and many of them uh, were kind of looking into ways that they can strategically give uh, to be able to impact their taxes in a positive way. So uh, there were uh, people in the room who simply were just wanting to know, okay, how can we make a greater impact with what we have? Uh, there were those in the room that um, wanted to make an even greater impact and how to go about doing that, and then wondering how the tax element plays into uh, charitable giving. A lot of times we think about uh, when it comes to charitable giving, okay, I'm going to go ahead and you know, I'm going to donate so many uh, dollars uh, this particular year, maybe to uh, to one or to multiple nonprofits. And, and, uh, and many times business owners, I was listening actually to a podcast here a couple weeks ago, and the, uh, the man being interviewed uh, was asked kind of more or less about kind of his why. And uh, he had run and had exited some, some, uh, some, a number of businesses that had become extremely successful. And, and he had made the comment, you know what, after about two or three years, I've done all the traveling that I uh, possibly could want to do. I had bought the vehicles, I had the houses, and ended up sitting there one day and just kind of realizing, you know what, I, I have these resources, I have the resource especially of money, and, uh, and I have an audience, and really didn't know what to do as far as what do I do from here? Kind of understanding that, you know what, okay, I made this money, I kind of reached this goal, but it wasn't necessarily fulfilling. And uh, really trying to find a way, okay, what can I do to make a greater impact? What can I do as far as leaving a legacy? And uh, and so he began to talk a little bit about that and, and, and began to talk a little bit about as far as using uh, essentially what he has been blessed with uh, to be able to bless others and leave an impact even long after he was gone. And, and uh, there are some ways that you can do this and, uh, and assist in reducing a tax exposure. Now, one thing we do know, and statistics tell us, and I've, I've looked at a number of studies through the years, we know that as an individual begins to earn more money, the less percentage-wise of their income they have a tendency to give. This was actually kind of a little bit uh, surprising to me that uh, someone who literally, a family who's literally kind of in that poverty range, uh, as the U.S. defined poverty, and we're going to say that, you know, kind of maybe under $35,000, $40,000 a year, they are more likely to give between 8 and 13% of their income uh, to uh, their adjusted gross income to charitable causes within a, given, uh, within a given year, whereas a family that earns over $100,000 a year on average gives about 3%, okay? So uh, generally we see kind of this, and, and it's it kind of uh, it almost just doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense but someone who ends up making more money is going to give a smaller percentage of their money toward causes uh, that um, that they may believe in or, or maybe they want to uh, they may they may want to give to otherwise so um, uh, so I you know in I have the opportunity within my business to work with a lot of business owners that really truly want to make an impact and and so they are kind of outside of those uh, kind of outside of the statistical norms 
And uh, so one thing that you want to consider is you begin making more money and, and you start to move into thinking not just about growing your business and, and how to make an impact just in the short term, but really how do I make an impact in the long term, not only during this life, but maybe even uh, after I pass on. So kind of as being a, a bit of a legacy element. So let's kind of talk through this a little bit. First of all, charitable contributions. Normally when you think about charitable contributions, you're thinking about just kind of the normal giving of cash. Now, with, the, uh, with some tax law changes here uh, a few years ago, uh, the uh, amount that you can deduct as a itemized deduction on your tax return uh, increased from 50% of your adjusted gross income to 60% of your adjusted gross income. So make the numbers simple. You make $100,000 during the course of the year, you can deduct with an itemized deduction up to $60,000, and I'm talking here specifically if it's cash donations. So, you know, it may be to your, you know, to, to the, uh, uh, it may be to your, to your church or your synagogue. It may be to uh, some sort of humanitarian effort or uh, some sort of a cause that you, that you believe in or a combination of them uh, to where you give of your resources and uh, you're able to take a charitable deduction for it. Uh, so you so you write the check or put the you know uh, contribute the cash wire the money and whatever it is that you do up to 60% of your adjusted gross income you can give in any given year now if you go above and beyond that that can be carried forward so you can use so say you made $100,000 you gave 80,000 that uh, that 20,000 uh, you would go ahead and simply roll forward and use within the next year so this is for uh, this is for essentially for cash donations now, if it's uh, if you're giving some sort of uh, non-cash donation, and I'll I'll, may, I'll give some specifics here. Uh, if we're talking about art, now we do have uh, clients that like uh, purchasing art, letting it appreciate, and then donate it. Uh, it may be some sort of a collectible item, uh, something to that effect. So it may be you know something you collected as a kid, it's gained value, and you want to go ahead and donate it. Well, if you donate it to the to the nonprofit, and the nonprofit is not able to use it to fulfill its mission. And I don't mean it goes and sells it, meaning it gets used within the, um, uh, within the nonprofit itself, then that uh, deduction is limited to 30% of your adjusted gross income. So let's say you have a piece of art. I have a couple pieces of art uh, behind me as I record this podcast. And, uh, and this, was a, this was a gift to me uh, a, f- a few years ago. And, and, um, and, and I let their, one is a Wrigley Field, the other one is uh, in downtown Chicago, paintings and, uh, and areas that I, I'm a Cubs fan, so love Wrigley Field. And uh, we're just outside of Chicago, and I love the city of Chicago. Beautiful, well, it once was a beautiful city. It's been, unfortunately, kind of faces. So many inner cities have a lot of destruction here over the last few years. But um, so these particular paintings, and say they've appreciated in value, I want to go ahead and donate it. Now, if I were to donate it to a museum, for example, okay, I, uh, that museum is going to display it. Uh, I could essentially get a 100% uh, tax deduction on the value of that art, whatever the fair market value of that art is. Now, if I were to, say, uh, donate it to, my, to, to the church and the church isn't going to display it, they're going to turn around and sell it, okay, it's going to be limited to 30% of my adjusted gross income. Now, in both situations, okay, the, that, that 30% limitation, one of them Okay, I'm going to be able to um, I'm going to be able to take the full fair market value. The other one, if they are not using it, it's going to essentially be my basis or what I paid for that art. Okay, and so um, uh, so it becomes a situation where you have to evaluate whether or not you should go ahead and sell it, pay the capital gains on it, uh, and then uh, take the charitable co- uh, deduction. So you end up having kind of you have to weigh and do the math calculations of okay, am I going to take the uh, the the, um, the the 30% of the value of the art, or am I going to take 100% of the cash contributed uh, the, the cash contributed and weigh 
the the charitable deduction amount and the impact on my taxes versus uh, not selling it. Uh, and I'm sorry, or, or go, of going ahead and selling it and contributing the, uh, the full amount of the cash. So the 30% versus the 100% and, uh, and then weighing it uh, as it relates to taxes. And then I, a little bit too difficult to do on a podcast to try to draw that visual, especially since most of the time this gets listened to in an audio format. But just to be aware that if you contribute some sort of art or collectible, uh, something that is uh, kind of a personal property type donation, it is going to be limited to 30% of your adjusted gross income. And then unless the entity is using it uh, for its nonprofit purpose, then it is going to be, um, it's going to be limited to 30% of your adjusted gross income. So we're talking about donation of non-cash items, stocks, bonds, other appreciated assets. Uh, you, you can avoid capital gains by contributing it, but, but once again, realize uh, that it is uh, limited to 30% of your adjusted gross income. Now, um, for individuals that are over 70 and a half years old, they can do what's called a qualified charitable distribution. So they can essentially just uh, distribute money directly from their retirement plan uh, to a nonprofit. Now, they can't take the funds and donate it. It's going to be donated directly from the nonprofit, I'm sorry, directly from the uh, retirement plan. Uh, to the nonprofit, so from an IRA or a 401k or you know whatever a pension, whatever the case may be, and it gets contributed directly to the um, uh, to the nonprofit, then that individual can avoid taxation on that money. So immediately, of course, they're not going to get a charitable deduction for it, uh, but they are not going to have to pay income tax on that money. It's a direct charitable contribution, and uh, that's called a qualified charitable distribution. And if you're, if you're over 70 and a half or have a family member that's over 70 and a half, maybe something that that can be helpful. Other ways uh, that uh, that an individual can go through and donate uh, and maybe uh, help to impact their taxes would be to either uh, to pre-fund or essentially bunch their contributions. So say, for example, uh, they're looking at a situation to where they made a good amount of money and we're in 2023. So they made a good amount of money in 2023. They see where we're going into a recession. They don't think they're going to do as well in 2024. Um, or uh, they want to see their, um, their uh, um, I'll, I'll get to that here in a moment, but they're, they're maybe not going to have as good of a year in 2024. They may say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and just contribute all my money this year. Normally I would give, say, $10,000 this year and you know $10,000 next year, but you know what? I'm going to go ahead and pre-fund. I'm going to go ahead and just donate fully the $20,000 this year. That way I can take the $20,000 as an itemized deduction on my tax return this year because I'm going to give more so I can itemize. And so, it, once again, it kind of gets into that situation to where you're going to want to evaluate your current, your current status. So are you in a situation to where normally you give $10,000 a year, but you're not able to itemize at that level because $10,000 with the SALT deduction, state and local income tax deduction, $10,000 with charitable contributions, and maybe you only have a couple thousand dollars in mortgage interest, the standard deduction is around $27,000, you can't itemize. But if I give $20,000, that's going to put me over and I'm going to be able to itemize, and then I'm not going to give anything the, the following year. So I'm still going to give the full $20,000, but I'm going to give it all in this year instead of 10 and 10. So uh, another uh, consideration that you may want to make. Uh, another way about uh, kind of going and donating in the current year to be used in future years would be what's called a donor-advised fund. So, let, uh, so you can contribute to a, to a donor-advised fund. So say, for, let's go back to the example of the 20000 You can put the $20,000 into the donor-advised fund and simply say, okay, I'm not going to donate it. It's not going to, the remaining 10 isn't going to go to the, uh, um, uh, isn't going to go to the nonprofit until next year. So in the first example, you've given the twenty thousand directly. The nonprofit can go ahead and spend it that year. If you contribute the twenty thousand to a donor advised fund, I'm going to get the twenty thousand dollars deduction this year, 
and then um, I'm going to uh, direct it to say $10,000 this year and then $10,000 next year. If you don't want to, if you want to hold off on essentially giving the $20,000 to the uh, to the nonprofit in the following year. So, um, uh, so that's another way of going about uh, contributing money, uh, pre-funding essentially for uh, for charitable contributions is utilizing a donor advised fund. We have a number a number of clients that have set up private foundations or even public charities, so 501c3s. So you may go about setting up your own foundation or setting up a nonprofit uh, that you may you may direct or you may run or have, maybe have a family member run or a business associate, whatever the case may be. We have a number of clients that they have a passion in a particular area. Uh, and uh, and they it, it may be something education, it may be something religious, it it uh, um it may be something purely humanitarian. Whatever the case may be, they have a passion for it, and they want to make an impact, and they want to be able to essentially control that impact. They would go ahead and set up their own nonprofit, uh, and uh, they they're definitely more expensive to set up, and there's more requirements on the setup phase than just setting up a corporation or a an LLC. So it is a little bit more work. Uh, there's an additional application that has to go into the IRS. It needs to be done. You're probably, in all likelihood, going to need a, a professional to help you uh, through the process. Uh, but it is a way that you can go about um, just setting up your own, uh, contributing to it, and then uh, provided that nonprofit is set up correctly, you're able to get your determination letter, uh, then uh, to go ahead and distribute the funds uh, for the particular cause that you're passionate about through either the foundation or through the nonprofit. Lastly, let's talk a little bit about legacy giving. So that individual who has made a lot of money and they want to consider uh, utilizing it for charitable purposes, they can utilize uh, what's called a charitable remainder trust. So a legacy giving or planned giving uh, can be done through a charitable remainder uh, trust. It is a tax-exempt, irrevocable trust. So once again here, it is irrevocable. Once you set it up and once you fund it, uh, it is, at that point, irrevocable. So essentially what you're going to do is you're going to uh, put assets into this, uh, into this trust. And so uh, you're going to donate assets uh, to the charity and, and then essentially uh, be allow for it to draw income uh, for a lifetime. Assets can include, but not limited to, cash, stocks, mutual funds, real estate, and private business interests. Okay, uh, so uh, this is a way that you can go about uh, putting money into the trust to benefit both the charity and also the other beneficiaries of that particular trust. So the trust needs to properly report income and distribution to beneficiaries. So maybe you have this uh, large amount of uh, assets, you want to put it into the trust. Uh, the, um, you may have your children as beneficiaries of the trust, other family members, uh, other individuals that are uh, beneficiaries of the trust, as well as uh, a nonprofit. So uh, the distribution can either be a fixed annuity amount, so that's called a charitable remainder annuity trust, uh, or it can pay a fixed percentage, uh, fixed percentage of the assets every year. So the IRS does require the annual payout to be at least 5%, but uh, no more than 50% of the trust assets in any given year. Once the trust is established, the grantor selects income beneficiaries and a charitable beneficiary. Okay, so the individuals are going to receive uh, income from that particular trust and then a charitable beneficiary. So the grantor receives a partial tax deduction for the funding of the trust. So if it goes through and it, it funds the trust, it is going to get a partial uh, um, con charitable, con charitable deduction for, the portion, for a portion of the, uh, of the assets contributed for the trust. For the, uh, for the charitable remainder annuity, uh, annuity trust, the value of the contributed property is reduced by the present value of the unit trust interest for a term of years or for the life of the income of the beneficiary. So there is a complex uh, sort of calculation that goes into play here. So if this is something that you're interested in, uh, you're going to want to look at. So for the um, charitable remainder um, 
uh, annuity trust, a deduction at the value of the donated property, less the present value of the annuity. So for those of you who took high school and, and college uh, finance or, or calculus courses, uh, I'm sure it uh, brings back some memories there. Um, and then 30% and the 60% rules that we talked about earlier uh, do apply. And then after the defined timeline or the death of the grantor, the remaining assets are distributed to the charities uh, and uh, the um, uh, beneficiaries as you've uh, previously had, uh, had directed. So it is a way that you can go through put uh, assets into a trust that is, uh, there, you have your income beneficiaries and also charitable beneficiaries as well of the particular trust and it can be uh, structured in a, a number of different ways. So uh, just kind of a really high level primer of charitable giving, uh, different areas you may want to consider giving. Uh, and, uh, and hopefully, you know, if, you, if you're a business owner or have you know, uh, the ability to make an impact uh, because of the income that you do generate, uh, something to think about, maybe different ways to give, uh, different ways to impact your taxes in a positive way and, and to reduce your exposures. You can make a greater impact with what you have been blessed with. This is Josh Belk with the Belk on Business Podcast. Thank you for taking a few moments to listen in today. Have a wonderful day.